0: Reset Rebel. Hi there! It's Brandon Brock here. It's the Reset Rebel! <laughs> it's the Reset Rebel!
1: It's the Reset Rebel! Coming to you every day.
2: So, we are here in the, the beautiful Bay of San Antonio, looking out over a very, yeah, blue skied afternoon and i can actually hear birds tweeting which i didn't know happened in san antonio but i am joined by the uh, rather brilliant mr brandon block
1: thank you very much it's lovely to see you and yes it is a very uh, blue san antonio day in the lovely hotel me which i stay in all the time and it's lovely and quaint quiet as you can see but all to myself and fantastic
2: how fantastic indeed I mean that's definitely not going to, uh, to last is it let's be honest it is May no, um, right. so it is kind of like really lovely to have this whole hotel to ourselves and it kind of feels like the calm before the storm really
1: well I think that's usual. the, 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 the usual May feeling um, I was out last night I popped out to see a few friends and just in the West End I walked around to see Lineker's and see the DJs in there and there's a, there's a very what's the word a uh, apprehension about this year because I don't, all the rules have changed all the uh, opening hours in the west end for the bars is now three o'clock they have to shut and they're, they're very strict on that they can't no drinking on the streets there's no um, they've changed all the rules basically so all the, all the bar owners are sort of going to feel the pinch and they're all um, you know I think it's just like anything it's going to take time to adapt and people will just adjust their uh, you know their their nighttime activities accordingly.
2: Well, I think that is the uh, the nature of this podcast, isn't it? It's about sort of resetting, and I think you know probably less drinking hours um, available uh, to the, the sort of uh, patronage of San Antonio is possibly not such a bad thing. Let's be honest.
1: Well, you know what? I mean, look, it's been given that label for many years, and I've seen the other side of it, and uh, you know I, I've lived here for many many years, so. You know, it is what it is. You could, we Brits generally like to drink. So you know, you can go into any resort in any any Spanish city, town, anywhere around the world, and you'll find Brits drinking. So um, <laughs> it's about how they adapt their drinking now. And you know, it's an escape. So why not? I mean, um, we like to party, and um, good on ya, say. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yes, there has to be awareness about it because yeah, people do get ill, people get in trouble, uh, and you must drink aware. Um, yeah, so um, nice to see everyone. I'm preparing for tonight's opening party, Es Paradis. I just would
2: prefer, sorry, actually, to sort of set the scene a little bit before we talk about that, because obviously this, this podcast is sort of really about kind of rebels, Reb- rebels who have kind of come to the island through their connections to music, just like your good self, yes. obviously. Right. Um, and, you know, you're, you're changing your game. That's, that's what we're going to talk about in a okay. minute. You yes. are basically creating and carving out a new path for yourself right now, yeah. more in tune with the wellness world. And that's yeah. what I would kind of like to talk to you about. I definitely want to hear about your, your event. Yeah. But, you know, what's kind of brought you here on this particular occasion, Obviously, you're no stranger to Ibiza.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, this, this particular time of year, I was, um, I'm, I'm doing the opening party for Paradise tonight. Uh, I'm also doing a, another party on Monday for S.P.A.R.D.E.S for another um, organisation called Strictly Old School. Uh, it's run by a very good friend of mine called DJ Slipmat, who's very famous. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, I came out. I'm starting my weekly residency at S-P- Paradise next Monday, in fact. So it's the 28th that opens. It's called What the Funk? Um, so musically, we're trying to. Uh, well, I mean, look, my roots are in soul, funk, jazz, whatever, and I think that you know, um, it's time that there's some soul back into a lot of music. Has gone, in my opinion, just a bit unsoulful. You know, there's not a lot of saying things, and I think music, you know, speaks volumes in all genres. And I've, something I've learned more recently is that I used to listen to records, but I didn't hear them back in the day. So now I listen to and I hear them and they resonate. So I, I listen to the words now and I, I actually get the meaning. So, you know, like songwriters and people... Well, who,
2: what's changed then? How, how, how's that, you know, what, what's sort
1: of well, For me, you mean, or what's, what's made that happen? Uh, well, I think it's the awareness thing. I've, you know, I've embarked on this, this um, personal development um, journey, which came to me a year ago after I'd been working in the, in the NHS with, um, and after my appearance with Big Brother... <laughs> Oh, don't. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Look,
2: don't you know. are the king of carnage. If there wasn't a little bit that of chaos was, going on was, during this interview, I'd be very disappointed. <laughs> that, was Joe 90, that is <laughs> the least of our problems.
1: That was Joe 90, by the way. A very famous child. <laughs> let's,
2: get, let's get him puppy. over. Let's get child, him no, over like, child
1: Let's get him on the puppet in the 70s a TV show <laughs> around when Captain Scarlet and uh, the voice of the Mr. Holmes was around. So, Joe 90, the alarm there. Well done. Uh, so, no, there's no carnage. I don't do carnage anymore. No, not anymore, no, exactly. But, you anymore, know,
2: but you I have a, created a certain chaotic kind of vibe well, in the is, past. Well, I mean,
1: the, the, the legacy, I think, is, remains. And, you know, I'm, I'm often remembered for more of the, the colourful moments of the career in Ibiza. Like in what? The, what
2: was your favourite moment? Oh, Give yeah, us
1: one. I I, there are some memorable moments, some silly things. But some, a lot of the stuff I've done was really silly, dangerous, silly. I mean, I climbed buildings and, and uh, you know, out the front on balconies and climbed up various floors and I jumped between two hotels which were very close together sort of thing and done the old clinging on with your fingers and someone had to run up and rescue me from the other side. Oh, yeah, mental. So th- those are... just whilst under the influence. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, not, it's something you wouldn't do normally. And as an adrenaline junkie, you might, but you would have calculated risk, where I didn't. I didn't calculate risk, I just did it. So um, those are, I mean, I remember those things, but you know, for, for, for fun moments we've done, I mean, I've, me and myself and Alex have DJ'd naked and you know, without people seeing, because in, in the club called Summon round there, which is a beautiful club, um, years ago, it was designed, uh, the guy who painted that, painted the Café del Mar inside as well, you know, the, 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 the it's like Savo de Dali-ish. So the decks were up here on a podium, so we were behind the decks all night, naked. And people weren't obviously couldn't see because we were up there. They just assumed we had our tops off when we had everything off. Um, just loads of stuff. I mean, you know, oh. <laughs> I'm begin to remember. It was a, okay? So one one morning in the space, uh, carried away by the festivities, I threw my records into the crowd, like one by one, just sharing the love. And by the end of the session, I had no records left. And they were saying one more, one more, and I said I've got no more. And someone <laughs> had to brought one back and said, yeah, "You can play this." So I stuck it on and played the oh. one more. Wow! Last, last, uh, thankfully enough, they give me a few back because I needed to play the next day. But um, I mean, yes, yeah, you know, stuff like that was a that was a moment.
2: I mean, I mean, you know, we're laugh, we're sitting here laughing. I mean, but the point really for me of this podcast is to actually try to create more of an awareness about the wellness side of the island and and for me that is what this island encapsulates that's what i do here that's what a lot of my mates who have been in the music industry just like you and just like me before i became a yoga teacher and you know, the two things do marry up rather well. And the reason we've all turned to wellness, really, let's be honest, and reset our parts, is because we were were such massive party kings and queens back in the day. You cannot have the yin without the yang in the life. There's always (laughs) a contrast and a juxtaposition of the two things together. So, you know, how much, I mean, how much were you getting on it back then?
1: When wasn't I, 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 I thought to myself the other day about when I think I had in the whole 10 years I was involved. Maybe seven days out of the whole lot that I wasn't taking something. So, a lot. And every day here. I mean, I used to never sleep. Like Once a month, maybe I'd sleep. But don't forget, it wasn't just debauchery of substances and biz. We was DJing every night. So, you know, you, you have to stay up and party, and then you DJ every night. I mean, when, when myself when and Alex first came here, and Alex sort of built the Space Terrace and I joined him, that was incredible. That was just like the best about Evan, ever, everyone always remembers those days in space, you know, that like, it was their favourite time. So to be part of an instrumental in building that thing which then became a legacy and then became like the best club in the world and you know opened up the door and it expanded and then DJs and pro had started coming. So I suppose we were right, like, you know, instrumental in fairly building a lot of the island's identity uh, back then because we were living here and we were the only two DJs living here. So and you know, what with Space Terrace and everyone being so loving that. We ended up playing at every single big club, there was no like every night of the week, it was like one Monday Pasha, Tuesday Amnesia, three, uh, Wednesday Coup, which was privilege, Thursday was uh, Esparadise maybe, then Friday was uh, we had our own nights running and Summum, and then Saturday would be maybe a night off if we needed one and then Sunday morning was obviously space. So you, you think about living here and working every single night of the week um, in the big clubs, it was incredible. But
2: incredible, but how are you feeling like at the time when you weren't sleeping and you were literally just like getting well, on it the whole time? On,
1: you know, I was living in drug hell. I say hell, I mean, it, it, it didn't seem to me at the time, but you know, I realize now that it was uh, existing. It was great fun, don't get me wrong, I loved it. It was great. Fun. Look, look, the whole thing I love, the whole vibe, the whole experience was just incredible, and to be part of it. But how was I feeling? honestly, I don't know I can't remember how I was feeling emotionally I don't know but I don't think it was very well because I think what I've, what's if we move on a bit what's become apparent to me now is that I was covering masking a lot of undealt with trauma it, for me I I'm not, I'm, not I'm, I'm, I'm sort of aware of what it was and I think um 90s back sorry <laughs> I think uh, I think I was formally I was, I was sort of aware of what the, the trauma was and I've dealt with most of it. I think I've we with all it actually. I've let go of everything now. Which is what, great.
2: what was this weird really like? For God's sake, sorry.
1: <laughs> One minute. I like the it.
2: tune though. The the ringtone's awesome. <laughs> Hello, mate. <laughs> I'm just going to talk until Brandon comes back What's to that? us. So um, we're sitting here having a little interlude until Brandon's organised uh, his night's DJing at S Parody this evening. But um, yeah, it's just so joyous Bye. to be sitting here in san antonio when there's no one else around and um it's just very tranquil very calm very relaxed nobody by the pool um yeah and quite hilarious
0: really i think this setting considering the uh, checkered and colored past uh, of the man we're sitting opposite who's hopefully going to be joining us in a very short while i'm going to press what? pause until he comes back so it looks like he's very involved in this conversation uh, we'll be right back
2: all right, he's back. Mr Block is right. off the blower. Off the
1: blower. Here we go, yes. <laughs> Business. Bye,
2: bye, bye. Sell, sell, sell.
1: <laughs> Any good.
2: <laughs> we, we were talking about trauma. Um, trauma and yes. you were about to tell me, I do believe, what was uh, sort of um, what was the leading you to, yes. to get so good, wasted, wasted for so long. Is.
1: So I think what I've come to realise and what um, has been made apparent to me through my various courses and journey recently is that we, we often wear masks. And I think... Uh, for me then I'm not saying I'm not like that I'm quite gregarious and I'm alright but I'm saying the the mental Brandon I think was a mask because you know bullying at school and all this usual sort of uh, well not usual but you know stuff that was impacting on me I believe from an early age was made me create this alter alter ego who was to be full on in your face and uh, it was great fun he was a good laugh, but you know he—he he, he took. You talk about him like he's dead. Well, he's dead. <laughs> he did die. He died that day when I went went in the clinic and detox. You know, I had to leave that. You had
2: to leave that lorry driver alone.
1: Calm. <laughs> he's got a job to do. He's on his way somewhere. That's the way you think. Oh,
2: it. I like this new brand block. Like wow, look at yeah. you. Your mindful
1: moment. Mindful. There you go. So that, these, um, yeah. So I, I believe that. Um that's what was created and I've, and I've written in my, my um, intro for my my thing to my, my uh, workshop on Sunday that I believe that he, he, I, had to, I had to let him go because you know you're not going to carry on living if you're going to live like that because I was given two weeks to live I was ill very ill I had TB I had hepatitis I had various ailments due to my overt usage of uh, various bits substances what, what other
2: ailments did you have?
1: Well, I had, I had liver, dysfunctional liver. I had kidney problems, obviously lung problems, TB, hepatitis, chemical hepatitis, c- chemical depression. I was dying and my body was giving up on me. So, But I'd actually come to the realisation that I would be prepared to die because I thought I'm not going to stop this because I don't know how. and I'm too frightened to do it. And then and my pain was so overwhelming that the, the drugs were no longer masking it.
2: What were you scared of to stop?
1: Who knows? Uh, now, I mean, you know, now with, now with the knowledge I possess, but back then, uh, fairly unknown. You know, I've been using it, like, every single day for... And, and, and lots of it, for many years. How many years? Oh, I suppose I was, I, was, I was at it for ten years. Um, and I stopped in 96, October 96. I remember the date. October are we
2: talking 10. about cocaine?
1: You are talking about cocaine, yes. And, um... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, ten years. But, uh, but hard for the last, uh, the, the last two months. Really hard. Incredible amounts. My, my psychiatrist even said in my book, uh, quotes, saying I've never met anyone who took as much cocaine and still stand up.
2: How much cocaine were you taking?
1: I can't even say. It's, it's embarrassing.
2: You, I think you just need to tell us.
1: <laughs> it was around... It was more than 20 grams a day. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Yeah.
2: Wow, that's yeah. actually terrifying. It is terrifying, and it's it was, a miracle that you're still with exactly.
1: us. and I thank God every day. I thank my high po- whatever, high power, whatever it may be. Oh, oh God! Joe again. the <laughs> last <laughs> one. Joe,
2: I tell you what, I'm gonna have to have words in a bit with that man. Um, so you obviously you've been through this. Um, yeah. This whole process then of going to NA Narcotics Anonymous. No, or If you're that. talking about higher powers and
1: no, no, I knew it. I mean, I went for I went for a month when I first came out of the uh, clinic. I went for in, in, it dipped in and out for a while, but I, it, it didn't resonate with me. It wasn't. I wasn't. It, it,
2: We're talking about the 12 steps, yeah, right?
1: 12 steps. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't work for me. Let's say I found it. Um, it just wasn't for me, and I left and I did it on my own. So I went. Uh, yeah. So I did. Uh, maybe I can't remember a few months, in and out, not every day, and. um
2: Few months in and out of detoxing. No, no,
1: three months in and out, and a twelve-step, twelve-step, the fellowship. But then I went on my own, so I did it my own way, and um, it was hard. It took a long time to rewire my brain because it completely rewired the other way. Because I was a functioning cocaine taker, user, whatever. And um, yeah, and then it, it, you know, it, more recently, what was when I felt the urge in like 2010, I, I, I had the urge to get to give back. I think everyone comes to that. Place at some time in their life, and because I, you know, I have a valued life experience, and i would learned so much about myself and the thinking and how I am through my just my just my learning, just my living on a day-to-day basis, that I, I felt like you know, I had had the uh, you know, the urge to, to help people. So I went to work for the, the local drug and alcohol f- firm called Blenheim for five years. and worked with my very good friend Katie um, I did that as a project worker which is like a coach and you I took various training courses I became a smart recovery trainers trainer so I can train people to do smart recovery stuff um, But I'm also you know teach people smart recovery as a model sometimes because for me that was the way that, that was the one that really resonated it's like a, it's about thinking about adapting behaviors and changing behaviors And then when I did that for five years, it did impact on me emotionally and then I actually left that and went to work for the NHS because that company moved and got tendered and everything else. And the NHS was very, very hard work. It was with people with multiple complex needs, which is mental health, substance abuse, homelessness and um, crime. So I used to do outreach, which is go and visit them in their homes and you know, that was, I saw some sights. And the company I worked for didn't have our support network for us in place. So we had to wait two or three weeks to see a clinical psychologist to get rid of all the, you know, the stuff we're taking on. And they didn't have that for us. And I said, we need it on a daily basis. We can't wait two weeks. This is hard work. It's really emotionally draining. So anyway, after a year of that, I was suffering burnout. And uh, then I got off to go to Big Brother House. instead Big Brother House, which... Because I, I was just not here mentally. I wasn't in the right place. I was in a real sort of weird um, lack of, you know, my emotions at all... I was drained emotionally, spiritually, and sitting in that house was just wasn't right for me then.
2: So why did you do it for the money, or?
1: No, no, I didn't. I just, I actually wanted to challenge myself. I thought, I was thought I was ready to to face. You know, I've been I've been working with boundaries, data protection. You know, people's privacy and people's confidentiality. So to go in there, and you know wow. what I mean, and then you just go in and open up again. And I was thinking, well, what, what is Brandon? Is, is is Brandon who used to be on telly and used to be. You know, on MTV and all that, is, is he ready to come out again? Because I'd lost myself. So I thought maybe I, that was I could, I, I, to face my demons about that, maybe in that house. But, you know, doing therapy and be proper of house isn't the best place to do it. So uh, it, it, <laughs> it actually, sounds very you,
2: though, I've got to say. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean, but I, so I challenged myself. I thought, you know, I'm going to go and face these demons and go in the house and, you know, have cameras on me all day long. And it's like being open again. But it sounds
2: like torture.
1: When it, it turned out being a, little like, a bit like that, which is why I left, and um, I had to leave for my sanity—not for my sanity, for my home, myself, well, my well-being. Because I was, I was, I was putting myself through a, 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 a torrid time, and I wasn't enjoying it. So I, uh, I left, and then obviously when I left there, I, I was empty. I felt a, a big void in my 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 life because obviously I hadn't dealt with the emotional stuff from the job. Been in the house for two weeks. And got worse or beat myself up and then um i came out and i I, a friend of mine called chris hill who does he's who's got an uh, addiction program he he specializes in giving people tools to help take their addiction away which is great and uh he he said i suggested you go to a tony robbins event and i went to a tony robbins upw event i saw like i saw so many people i knew there and I thought, this is mental. This is like everyone's trying to get themselves better. And I realised, it resonated with me, and I thought, oh, my God, this is what I need. This is what I need to, to feel me again. And it worked, and I, you know, it worked. He's
2: touching wood there.
1: Yes. Um, no, no, I don't need to touch wood. It just worked, because it, it... It it just gave me what I needed. And, you know, I think the fact that uh, developing myself... and. It, it, uh, I feel I've developed really quickly in the last year I've come on leaps and bounds you know and, and I, I've, I've went to various seminars and then I happened on this seminar called goal mapping and I, 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 I saw the the initial um you know talk about it with a guy called Brian Main and I just went wow I love this it's so me this is what I need to to do so I, I spoke to Brian turns out he had a a nightclub in the Isle of Wight many years ago he'd been for a similar sort of uh Story is mine. Similar journey. Lost everything, you know. And and, and, um, and then we um, we got talking. We got we got friendly. And he said, "I said I really liked that course." He said, "Come on in. I'll I'll, I'll give you the course for nothing." And it's a practitioners' course in goal mapping. I then did my own goal map, my life map, or goal map for the time being, which is pictures and words. So you picture your dream and you write it and then you draw it. Um, I'm not sure you know you know about left and right brain. Right, so your right brain creates the pictures, your left brain tells you how to get to them. So your goals are in your right brain. So seeing that visualized and going, ah, oh, now I get it, now I can see what I want to do, and now your brain takes you out to, how do I do it? Who do I need it? Why do I do it? What's my purpose? How? Who do I need? Blah, 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 and you create this, you know, you create life. So you by heading for these goals. Anyway, so I've become a practitioner, Um, myself more recently I've been doing some Facebook lives with a lot of friends I met at Tony Robbins event and I think people just need to be aware of this stuff that's out there Um, and the fact that it's us doing it real life people resonate to that it's like you know and and hopefully now that my in my history can help people because I mean some of my I was saying a lot of my mates recently 50 plus something have all been coming to see me saying I don't know what to do with my life I'm in a real sort of plateaued place how does that work and what can i do so goal mapping is fantastic for them because it gives them a chance to the way the program is that you 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 um you give them some tools you talk them through a process of thinking and how to think and what your you possess your qualities and stuff strengths and then after the strength after calm down and got all that and thinking oh right okay so i'm i can i can clarity now i can see and able to do it. So the thing about goal setting, which I've recently found, is that when people are depressed and when they're down and when they're not feeling the right, they say, I'm going to set goals to achieve, to motivate myself. But if you're not feeling up to it, you will never achieve your goals. When you see your goals not being achieved, you get worse. So I think the thing about building people up first is essential to get getting to a place of, right now I can see clearly, I can see my goals, I can write them down, I know what they are and I can, I can picture them and draw them and I can achieve them. And I did my map and I've achieved... Six out my five seven goals in the year. So, and that's been just doing stuff and getting up and doing the morning rituals and getting out of the house and uh, going to the gym and you know just thinking differently in the morning. So I think that's it, it, the, the most important thing for me is to think differently in the first thing in the morning you're to think That is half
2: the battle though isn't it like when you wake up in the morning and you know we don't all wake up full of the joys of spring yeah. let's be honest it does take sometimes and I'm finding this myself actually in the last year you know a few moments to just basically tune that voice out the one that's telling you oh yeah. my god what yeah. am I gonna do today what's this all about who am I what is my purpose what is the point of life yeah. all of that crap that comes up and I'm you know I don't think I'm alone there you know I think that's quite a regular thing yeah, no, you're not alone so I think that's quite a natural thing for the human condition to kind of get to that point in the morning. And it, and it takes, you know, a cup of coffee or a meditation or a little bit of exercise or something to kind of, you know, change the vibration, change those thoughts, change that general mindset when you first open your eyes.
1: You're aware of that. I mean, you obviously you sound like you're aware of the frequency stuff when your brain takes on better learning. It's first thing in the morning. Are you aware of that? Your brain, the alpha frequencies... So it's working at a higher, uh, um, a higher level, which means that when people do listen to those motivational speakers or do some mindfulness or do whatever in the morning, it will take it, will take it on quicker. Because through the day you start getting your thoughts and you start thinking about things, and you know, so it's not the focus. So if you can focus that first thing in the morning and do your gratitude and do your, you know, your mindfulness and do your, you know, your, um, just, just be aware of your thinking. There's a great tool in smart recovery. It says when you, when you do wake up, think about how you're thinking? Think about how you're feeling. Think about how you're feeling spiritually. Think about you feeling physically. Think about how you're feeling mentally. And if you're not feeling like you think you should be, change it. So instead of instead of wheelie bin, where you really really been?
2: Oh, the glamour. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's just no doubt that um, you know taking those few moments before we switch on our phone and start looking at social media and answering all of those ridiculous WhatsApps that we received overnight, you know. I mean, it does. it is a really beautiful thing to do is to take that moment for yourself when you first open your eyes to kind of register what is going on before we start throwing coffees and, you know, uh, stimulation into the mix of any description. It's quite interesting to notice how you feel, and that's what I do a lot on my retreats is we do spend a lot of time talking about how we're feeling and allowing ourselves to dive into the stillness and recognize what is actually going on because you know that is why we end up getting up to mischief isn't it really we basically are trying to mask how we're feeling because we're just not equipped or prepared or taught how to feel as humans that's yes. basically what this is all about so you know it's very interesting when you say that, that that's kind of like one of the things that you're sharing and is this going to be um one of the themes of your
1: you're doing a workshop this weekend on I'll sunday a workshop on sunday morning from my, uh, my mate Jim, james james prentice's uh, bar 45s in planned so I just, I just wanted to... Tr- I've, done this, I've done my goal mapping practitioner's course and I, I love it. And I've been, t- I've been trying to get my friends... I've been doing, talking with my friends, talking them through it and stuff and trying to get them to come and, you know, spend some time to actually do the map. Because you've got to do the map. You can't just listen to me talking and, you know, I can speak from my experience all day long. But you need to do the map. So I've been trying to get my friends. So I thought, you know, I'm out here for the day and I thought there was a few people who've been liking, loving the stuff on Facebook, a few people over here, my friends, who I've known for years. And um, I mentioned that I thought the idea would be good to do it at James's little bar. And uh, there's a, I think maybe 10, 12, 13, I'm not sure in fact, maybe, maybe more people come in. But it's a chance for me to, to, to hone my skills. It'll be my second public speech as such. I made mean, the first one at the S yes Group in London uh, two months ago.
2: The wits
1: group? Yes group it's called my mate Carl Pearsall runs it and um, he, he did a, an experience 20 years ago, 20 no, nearly 30 years ago and he had an, an awakening and the Yes group is a personal development group people come and speak people join and get you know network and it's a great group it's on next week and a really good speakers coming so um, I did my talk there a 15 minute talk about my story and a and couple of tools I use on a daily basis which is the change one like I just said then you know like when I said about the lorry going past. Instead of going, whatever, I said, so you rationalise and you don't react. you response-able, it's called. So.
2: I like that. I like that. It's putting the pause, isn't it, between you and your reaction to anything yes. that, you know.
1: And it's, it's that thinking thing. So I could have reacted and gone, whatever. I didn't. Because I thought, and I do that often now. Like, even when you're in traffic, for instance. I mean, everyone like, right, fuck. I go, you know what, it's only gonna harm me. I'm the only one who's gonna get wound up. He's not gonna even hear what I'm saying. And, and he may have under agendas. He may have something on his mind. He may, uh, uh, albeit maybe inconsiderate a little bit, but what if he is rushing to hospital? What if he is rushing to you know, pick his wife up or kids up from school or whatever it is, and you rationalize like that, you won't feel bad. You get wound up, you feel bad. And the only person who gets it is you. So, so that's a,
2: that's one of your reset tools, basically in life.
1: Well, it's It's a reset tool, but you have to realise that you're doing it because a lot of people don't, and if you don't have the awareness, you can carry on like that.
2: The awareness of being irate and yes, angry, the awareness and then of how basically are
1: thinking, the awareness of how you're feeling. The you've got to be you've got to be mindful about being mindful. Which is, it sounds it might sound difficult at first, but it becomes normal. Um, it becomes normal practice after a while of doing it. You just sort of you reprogram your brain and you actually just think like that so it's great tools they're great fantastic tools to use and the ones I use from Smart Recovery transfer into real life they're not just for about you know drugs and alcohol they're about behaviours and thinking patterns and emotional changes and you know that sort of stuff so I'm going to incorporate a bit of that into into my my workshop but my workshop I'm going to do I'm going to tell my story and then I'm going to to, you know what I've basically told you today I'm going to talk about that and um, I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people because they've been with me for half the t- most of the time so um, and yeah I'm looking forward to it and I think it's going to be nice so I've just got to, you know I'm, a bit, I'm actually quite nervous and I've, you know, I've DJed in front of 50,000 people
2: but you were high and that's, that's no, you no
1: know... no I wasn't
2: you weren't okay so you do, been you've been doing a lot of years. this
1: I've been DJing for 35 years right 1996 is when I stopped
2: I did not know mm. that
1: yeah, I told you. In Ninety-six, I stopped taking drugs. That's 22 years ago.
2: I think you didn't tell us on the, on the actual podcast.
1: Ah, well, I've told you now. I stopped taking cocaine in 1996, October the 10th, in fact. And I went into detox, and I haven't taken it since. That was 22 years ago. So, um...
2: But it's, it's a topic that's close to your heart, right? And when you're behind a pair of decks, you know, you've got, like, that little mask, as we were talking about. Maybe not through drugs, but you've got... A bit of distance and you're used to doing that. This is something new for you to be yes, opening and yeah, up and actually, sharing Yeah, and
1: yeah but, but, you know, I, I got on the stage in the Yes Group and I loved it. I actually, you know, I took it, it was, it was nerve-wracking a little bit. It wasn't, I wasn't as nervous as I thought it would be because I knew what I was talking about. I knew how... It's just how I say it. I'm quite passionate. I speak from the heart. So it's always a bit convoluted. Not really I, I, I digress. I go off on tangents. But I, I get to, back to the point, which is good, because I think my mind's a bit... I'm not sure how many brain cells have gone, but you know, there was a few missing when I stopped. But um, yeah, so um, the thing, yeah, but, but I'm very personal with be on deck. because I, I love, I, I love the, the interaction with the crowd. So people can't say toe photos and shake me out. I, I love it. I just, I, I like connectivity, which is, which is what's missing in humanity now because of that, because of social media.
2: I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I just... It interests me if you 've been clean for twenty two years and you 're obviously Djing and you 're still creating the space for other people to come I say in clean
1: right? i don 't know that word it 's a term which i, I don 't lose I want to explain i haven 't taken cocaine for twenty six years all right so
2: that 's good enough for me
1: yes that's really but
2: my question is if you're, if you 're still Djing and you 're still doing your old career yes. uh, then you 're still i guess bringing other people into the mix to be kind of like um, Involved in that sort of cultural scene still, which, generally speaking, particularly in Ibiza, involves getting high. So, how do you feel now that you're not getting up to those same activities to be kind of behind the decks? And there's a lot of people that are in front of you that are really on it.
1: That's their stuff, so, and you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't knock them through it. I think you know, if you if you enjoy doing what you're doing, as long as it's safe. As long as you do it safely and you're aware of what you're doing, well, how am I to stop that? You know, I, don't, I don't advocate for stopping everything. I don't, you know, it's for me. I had to stop that particular thing because I was dying. So, you know, music is the food of love Music makes memories. Music maps your life. So whether you're taking drugs or not, and a lot of people don't anymore. I mean, people do but What I've found is the music is speaking speaking volumes now. People are just, because they've had such a great time during the 90s and the 80s and the 70s, whatever, they're still just loving the music. And they go out because they love the music. So I love playing music. And I've loved it, I've got a passion again for it. And I'm making some music with my mate, Ricky Morrison. So we make tunes again. Um, we're gonna sign one to a record label soon, which i really, a, a, a really good record label. Fingers crossed. Um, So if I can speak through my music and and make people enjoy themselves, I get involved in the music. As I was saying to you earlier, I... um, I... um, Right, I listen, I hear the music now. I don't just listen to it, I hear it, you know, I hear the songs, I sing the songs, especially all those with loving. And it means, it resonates, you know, there's a a few songs, and we've made some really lovely songs recently, so so a lot of songs are about love, because love is if you can love yourself you can love other people it's hard to do it takes a lot of time to start loving yourself you know so yeah music I, I, you know DJ, DJ has been DJ has been playing music you know for how, many, how many years ago Roman bloody in, in, in the caveman days they used to make music they used to talk, or, talk with drums didn't they they used to send messages and so yeah music it's not it, it, music is about music I don't think I think drugs are incidental that's would pretty. you
2: say that you love yourself now are you in that position now? I'm getting
1: there. I've, been, I've been much better to myself in the last year wholeheartedly it's tough I think because you're always critical but you work on it your inner critic takes time to, to, to be working congruency with you but it's doable and it's fun you've got to be fun doing it you've got to enjoy the journey enjoy the experience which I'm doing and you know a lot of my mates the fact that we're all thinking the same way now we talk to each other on our Facebook groups and we're not talking about going out and getting smashed. We're talking about these affirmations and talking about how life is so incredible, wonderful. If you embrace it, embrace it for what you can see on a daily basis and the opportunities that arise you know, for you as opposed to the negativity. I mean, it's difficult to do, don't, don't worry about it. I lived in a negative place for many years, especially when I stopped taking you know, gear.
2: I was about to say that must have left an incredibly gaping hole oh of uh, a black hole of like emotional like, crap that you had to wade through.
1: It was, it was, I can't even describe how bad I was, how bad I felt after the, 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 you know, stopping, what place I went into. I don't like to go there myself. Again, I have been there a couple of times, to thought about it and put myself back in that place, but it is horrific, horrific. I mean that, like, you know, I sat in in the corner of a room for months on end, just holding my, like, rocking because of uh, pain so much, I was getting better physically, but just the fear and the anxiety, I was like being born again, literally had to be like being born, I was like a five-year-old, maybe not five, but, you know, like a a, a young Brandon again, learning everything, I had to learn, because I'd never done anything without, yeah, you know, i never done anything. So I had to learn everything again. And, it, you know, it was frightening. Fearful, you know, you know. As a baby, you're fearful, don't you? Fear of falling, fear of, you know, that stuff. But I'm here now. And you're still rocking it. Still rocking it.
2: you were off to F- S Paradis to, to play the opening again. So, you know, and you got, obviously still ready got ready. it got and probably ready. got a hell of a lot more without without all of that in your life. Well,
1: you know, I, I, I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. So... Yes, my life's, I've got stuff going on. I mean, look, there's challenges, but, but I'm dealing with, I deal with them a lot better. You know, I would have got stressed out about that call, uh, usually. It's out of my control. I'm here, what can I do about it? Ring up and start shouting at people, it's not going to be I have anything. V- I have my views, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let them affect me. Because it just impacts on me, it makes me feel bad. I have no reason to feel bad.
2: Are you going to start making some retreats at the end of the year? Is that something we that you're thinking looking, about yes, doing definitely. in Ibiza?
1: Well, yeah, he would be lovely. I mean, there's loads of pe- I mean, there's loads of people doing them now. And I think, you know, coming from the music side of things, I've just had a great meeting with a guy called Danny Savage this morning who does a uh, he's doing his own he's been his own journey of personal development and he's now got a company which does which helps DJs aspire to be the best that they can. Um, so we're going to do a, uh, a joint venture. I'm going to do one of his webinars for him and talk about, you know, because obviously being a DJ and coming from that side, how not to let the festivities take take control and be aware of, you know, how you how you let Ibiza can sometimes, you know, be dangerous.
0: I
2: mean, what do you, I mean? You know, this has become a bit of a theme at the moment because, obviously, you know, we've had a very high-profile death in the dance music world only just recently with Avicii passing. Uh, you yes, know, and totally at such a you know, an incredibly young age, and you know, super talented, and obviously just unable. I mean, he wasn't even really drinking when he first sort of started his, his DJing. But well, I guess you just get sucked into that scene eventually. The two things go hand in hand.
1: Well, the thing about Paul Avicii is that I, you know, I think it, it, the way how he suffered. With whatever else was going on for him. I mean, I've had the pancreatitis he died from, but I mean, the, he, underlying the workload, and you know, there were other issues. It wasn't just, you know, the, the, you know you've, I'm not generalised, you know. I'm not generalise, I can't generalise, but for me, I think what I've learned is that it's all about what happens underneath. People say, I had a great childhood, do it well, fine, I don't know why I get like this, I just do. And, If they don't, they haven't searched. There's a reason. There's something has gone on somewhere, they may not remember, they've blocked it out, whatever that's caused them to have this search for pain, to get search for pleasure, sorry, to get away from pain. So substances I find now are incidental. They do, they're there for a reason. They do something, they do a job. The trouble is that because humans are by behavior and by practice, they learn and they learn very quick. That if you do that, you get that effect. And if you do that more, you get that effect. And if it's a quick fix, I want it quick. Instant gratification um, of anything. And then that's when it becomes problematic. And you know, association, um, environment, all contribute. So you know, you've got to be aware. As long as you're gonna be aware, you can make valid choices and decisions and then it's down to you if you can do that hopefully you make the right decision for you but that's yeah i think that's what's resonated with me over the last year decision making you know the morning routine um i've just just leveled i've just come up a frequency from being like "Mm, you know what am I doing today or you know, because I did have a void. When I was doing my work in the, with the NHS and all that, I was up in the mornings early, and I loved it. I was up the gym, I was going to work, but the work killed me. So when I stopped that, I was thinking, oh my God, what can I do? Because I, I couldn't go back to that work. I can't, I don't think I could do it now. I could, probably could, but I mean, I would give people advice if they asked me, but I'm not going to go and work in, 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 you know, um, intensely with people because it just killed me again. And I, I, I you know, I've given, I've given a lot of myself to it. So, but we can do it in a different way. We can help people in in a, you know in another way, which is which is great for social media now. But you know again, I think you all need to watch some millennials talk. Millennials in the workplace by Simon Senek, by the way, everyone. It's just a great thing to be aware of how this stuff can impact on you. So you've got to in mind for that as well. So we often just tick, 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 every morning you said before you pick up your phone, that is like the thing in it. I have to pick up my phone. First thing in the morning, pick my phone up.
2: Well that's my alarm clock so I've had to get another alarm clock so that I don't do that because if you don't have a separate alarm clock you basically don't stand a chance because as soon as you pick up the alarm clock then you see the notifications although I have turned all of mine off now that's another little tip I I picked up through
1: these podcasts It's a great idea, turn the notifications off I mean for the moment because I'm running my festival I need to be aware of some stuff for promotional stuff but the only notification I have is my Mindful app, my Gratitude app and pretty much, I've turned everything else off. I don't take, you know, I don't take all the messages, and uh, you know, WhatsApp. I, I turn off a lot often, and I put it on silent mode. And I leave it, I, I'd leave it in the lounge now at night to charge. So my first thing in the morning, and mind you, I do have my iPad, but that hasn't got a phone on it. So you're right, I need to get an alarm clock again because I do that excuses my alarm. But I tend not to pick it up, and I don't look at Facebook or whatever. I try and leave that for you know a while. So I think you know that there's truth in that as well. You know, as he liked me, as he like me, as she liked me. I mean, all of a sudden, your day's fucked again, isn't it? Excuse my swearing. Um.
2: That's definitely one of the tools, isn't it? Just to take that step back from the social media and that kind of little hit of dopamine that we receive from all the likes and all the kind of you know, massaging of our egos. You know, and that is one of the main reasons. But I think once you try and step away from all of that and do like I said I I call it checking in before I check out because you know we all check out at some point in the day we are busy we are you know immersed in whatever we're doing but ultimately to check in first up is one of the great things to do in the morning and that I know I was going to ask you because you've obviously led this lifestyle one of the big questions that we ask our guests is like what's your reset button and what's your fuck it button but I'm intrigued as to when you were in the thick of it like you know, apart from the obvious, like another line. But what, you know, what was your reset button back then? How did you wake up, probably not feeling too clever, sort of get yourself into a state of mind or a or a place where you Are could you kind of cope with it? In yeah, drugs? yeah. When you were well, sort of getting on it,
1: I didn't reset. I was constantly on it. I never had a reset. I just carried on. So I didn't. If I slept at all, I would wake up and just do another do another line, or do another a gram, or do another two or three grams straight away. I lived in it. It was an existence. It was horrible. It was the worst. Uh, it was an exi- I can't describe it any other way. It was an existence. It was like, yeah, I've still, I've still dumbfounded to this day about how I lived that way for so, for so long. And you know, I was, I was the best at that then. So, you know, but as I said, it's not a great place to be. It was bloody horrible. And. Um,
2: what about now then? When you feel yourself slipping, well, I just slipping have to take, down that I slope, have
1: to take a moment. I sit back and I think, am I going to? Am I, I going to want to? Is it going to serve me? Do I need to be feeling like that right now, or am I going to? am going to have a bit of self uh, indulgent. Uh, what's the word? Um, self pity. A bit of you know, self indulgent, self pity. Do I want to do that? And then I think I make a decision whether I do or not. You know, sometimes I want to sit and feel sorry for myself, but I think you know, it, it winds me up a bit, and I, you know, a little, a little bit of drama. Doesn't hurt, but generally I just go. Look, is it serving me? Am I going to sit and feel like this for a while, two hours, whatever? No, I don't want to. Not yet. Or maybe, maybe another time. So I just change. I, I have a quick conversation, ask some questions, say, "What is this going to serve me? How am I going to? What do I need it? Is there anything that's going to be coming out of it?" and The answers, obviously, always no. So then I have then I have my answer, and it's taken the power off of the thought, it's taking the power out of the, you know, the initial. Um, thought, and it's giving you options, so I can decide from then if I do or don't read into it, buy into it. it Take a long time to get there, but you know it's a great it's a great tool to have that sort of awareness and think, well, okay, am I going to let myself dip into this? No, I'm not.
2: And what's your fuck it button? I mean, if it used to be a line of coke at the end of the day, or, or whenever any part of the day, but you know what what do you go to now if you like? Oh my God, can't cope with this. I'm going to go and do X.
1: I don't actually I don't think I, I think I'm fairly good at coping with everything pretty much I don't have you know I, take, I, have a good, I drink with the lads occasionally which is fine um, I don't do it often but I do you know football or something like that or you know when we've got a birthday or generally mine <laughs> but that's never like a fuck it button it's never like oh I need to do that or you know so that, that, those options don't come to me anymore if those doors have been shut. So my options for feeling, <laughs> I would I'd either, I'd think through it, sit in it for a period of time, talk to someone, you know, um, listen to a bit of meditation or something, or just, you know, listen to something good, listen to some music. So I don't have really those default buttons anymore, which is great because, you know, the, those options you used to come up and You'd have a conversation with someone. Go, we'll stop tomorrow. It'll only be one. It'll only do one night. It'll only be this one. It'll only be I mean, a couple of drinks. It'll only be this or whatever. And you know, when you're in those moods, back in the day, and it was never that. You've got to be honest and say, look, has it ever been only one line? Has it ever been only one bloody gram? Has it ever? Have you, have you ever stopped the next day? Have you ever stopped on the Monday? Have you ever stopped? No, none of it. It's all bollocks. <laughs> it's all bollocks. It's only, your, it's only your subconscious thing. I want my little. Ki- I want my little fix. Because it's quick. It works. It makes you feel different. It gets dopamine release or whatever. You just say no. You can't have your little fix because it doesn't serve us as a whole. And you say, and he, and he goes, okay, all right, I get it now. And after about two minutes, he's, he's, he's placated. Is that the right word?
2: It is. It's a great word. Placated. Yes. yes. Calmed. Calmed, uh, Yes. Sort of. What's uh, yeah. the word?
1: Look at me. Bloody labyrinthian brain. I, I
2: didn't think I'd hear that coming out of your mouth. It's great. Placated. I'm it. <laughs> I think for me, my little motto is like the second one um, is never as good as the first. So whether that be the second cup of coffee or whether that be, I don't know, the second That's good. That's a good mantra. glass of wine yes. or, you know, you just never need the second one. And it's never going to be as good as the first. And the first one will be like absolutely orgasmically good. But the second one, you're just never going to get that same hit. So that is what I always say to myself when I see myself. The coffee is the thing for me in the morning. I really love to just get off my head and then go to the gym, and that is my way of like changing my game in the morning. But I know that that second cup of coffee is only going to lead to potential anxiety, palpitations, problems, and I come crashing down off the other side of it. So it's just, it's a pointless thing. The first one was amazing. Why go back for more? You know, we're just greedy, you know, people that just want, we are exactly hardwired for pleasure. That's it.
1: That's what it is pleasure seeking. And, you know, if you're happy, if you could, if you could I think if you can be content to just be and take pleasure in what's around you and what's in front of you
2: <laughs> he raises his glasses salubriously
1: <laughs> take pleasure in what's around you and in front of you or you know uh, again it's self-loving to be happy in your in being happy in you and being happy with what you are and what you have you're enough you are, you are what you're meant to be. How you, how you then improve on that is what you want to do, isn't it? What you want to achieve and how you go about doing that. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, it's fantastic and it's, it's incredible. Interesting, isn't it? How we work. It's so complex, a subject yeah
2: this is true we are complicated human yeah, beings right. we all are yeah. and if we weren't life would be really boring so here th- we are talking about this amazing journey that you've been on and um, it's bloody fascinating so thank, thank you for sharing it with us we also um we always like to give back on this podcast that's kind of the purpose of it and i know that you're doing this workshop but you know what is there anything else that you would like to maybe offer like a free space on your retreat or something you've got coming up i we think
1: we, we're actually doing um hopefully going to do well hopefully we are we're going to, on, on, on the dates booked to 18th of uh, july we're going to do a seminar here um bringing some speakers over who are going to be here with us uh, some great speakers alan Kleinens. we've got our own speakers now we've got our own people who've you know on their own journeys and have discovered their own sort of power so you know we we, we aim to empower people ourselves so alan we over here we'll have neil reed doing it talking as well um Maybe Michelle, you know Michelle, didn't you? Uh, and uh, Danny's going to do it. I'm going to get Danny involved a little bit. We've also got some other uh, Zoe, um, Zoe Jackson, who's, a, who's an MBE. She's going to come be part of it. So it's going to be a lovely day. It's going to be you know, well-being and all sorts of, and you're more than welcome to come do a yoga class. So I would be happy if anyone, when we've set the date and set all the rules in motion, I'd be happy to give someone a, a um, yeah, a free ticket for the event.
2: That's kind. That's really kind of you. you can, actually. Yes, That's I amazing. You,
1: why not? And um, you can um, contact you through. Let's do a question.
2: Well, what we what we do is we just give out the email address, which is um, just the good news please at gmail.com. So people can nominate a friend or someone who's suffering or someone yeah, maybe they need right, it okay. themselves.
1: Let, let, let's make it a bit of fun.
2: Okay, give us a question.
1: Well, okay, so um, question. Let's have a
2: think. <laughs> You're like Magnus Magnuson
1: those days. I remember him as well. (laughs) What was the other one? Norris I know Magnus Magnus, yeah he was a mastermind wasn't he? The other one's two I was thinking of the Norris and Ross McWerters, the brothers. (laughs) Do you remember that?
2: I don't know, I don't know. I don't think I'm too young for those. Record breakers. Oh no I definitely
1: saw the record breakers. Record breakers. If you wanna be a record breaker dedication, dedication, that's what you need.
2: You know what, that song goes through my mind often, and I know it's ridiculous, yeah, but it is yeah. like the song, The words to it, it's like, maybe it's an old age thing that you start tuning into the words of these songs and they start you know, kind of going round books, in your mind, yeah. because they are like mantras basically, so like very great little reminders.
1: You know what I'm really in, or not in awe of I'm, I'm just amazed at and and the the you know like philosoph- philosophers and all those years, and many many years ago when they used to write these teachings and I'm just amazed, even the Bible, who wrote that book? Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> human beings have been writing these these mantras and how we think and how and how people studied this years ago, you know, like, probably soon after they became not Neanderthal men anymore, like homo sapiens, they started, well it was obviously thinking before, they, they had the ability to realize about the thinking and then philosophize about it and then, it's, inc- it's mental. Right, a question. I digress. I digress. <laughs> I love uh, it when you digress. Okay. All right, here. I did mention it in the podcast earlier. What was the club called before it changed the name to Privilege in Ibiza?
2: Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take that, I and mean, hopefully, our uh, resetting souls out there, we're bang into the, <laughs> the music industry back in the day, well, and we'll we're know talking the
1: answer. About Ibiza, and we're talking about wellness in Ibiza. And they've been here, and they've been here a long time. They can research; it's not a problem, and it can. And they can, you know, they can find out that name. Maybe someone knows anyway. Mm-hmm very big club
2: I haven't been there oh, actually there's a lot I did go and see Carl Cox play there on a Tuesday last, last summer yes, and right. I have to say it was one of the best nights of my whole year I well I love Carl Cox anyway I mean man's amazing but um, the back room was also just like off the chart and it was um, was it Kerry Chandler played a set oh, from 4 yeah, till wicked. 6
1: so, wicked yeah that's the sort of music we love
2: that was the highlight of my year
1: fantastic and he's a great DJ Kerry Chandler lovely I, records
2: I will say though that the main room when I walked down past the speakers just for I wasn't there for very long because the level of sound that was coming out of those speakers was like I actually thought my eardrums were going to break it was a little bit scary
0: actually
1: yes well you know what's a nightclub about loud music <laughs> it's, you know, it's like you know <laughs> you have to go to a yoga class and not do any releases
2: not not doing any bending and breathing
1: yes forget bending No, no there's no bending today What are you actually here for? The coffee. Coffee and uh, herbal tea. Thanks very much. Oh, that's lovely. That's 15 euros. Thanks very much. Ta-da. Enjoy it.
2: (laughs) I think you should come and work uh, on my PR team, actually, Brandon. If you wouldn't mind, that was so beautifully done.
1: How flexible are you? I'm available on Wednesday and Thursday.
2: Uh, I do love a flexible friend. Well, we'll uh, put you through your paces uh, another time, I think. I think it'd be nice to do that.
1: Um, I'd love to. Do actually. a little mutual exchange. We'll do one. Well. I'm going to do rag in a minute just because to release, release my back. Actually, what's the time? Half five. I okay. Yeah.
2: I think we need to. We probably need to wrap it up anyway. Let's wrap. We, we could wrap up now and um, we'll do some bending and breathing another time.
1: Hip hop. Hip <laughs> <laughs> Hip hop. You don't start bragging to the bend. Up, jump to it, there's a real rap for you. <laughs>
2: That was beautiful. And lastly, I mean, would you give us um, maybe a little bit of music to end this podcast? Maybe one of your new tracks we could put on here because we can't use unlicensed, can't sorry, you can't unlicensed. use licensed music. We need unlicensed uh, tunes. So if you've got anything for us that we could tune. stick on the end there's a tune, there's a... unlicensed tunes so or something that's not been published.
1: Oh, you can use unlicensed tunes, like a remix of someone's.
2: Um, or just anything you've got, really, that you haven't put out yet.
1: Well, I've got one. I'll send it to you, email.
2: Amazing. So that's what we're going to have to have end my today's podcast. It's just good news. Please at gmail.com If you want to come and see Brandon in July at his amazing event, which sounds exactly what this island needs. And um, as a reset rebel, I mean, there couldn't be anybody that really um, sort of ticks those wonderful boxes. Um, so it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on the it's show. Been
1: lovely talking to you, and thank you very much for your time. It's been nice. Uh, yes, talking sensibly about <laughs> something I'm passionate about. So wicked.
0: reality gorgeous little mantra just to finish off today's show brand new music from brandon and it's clear that he is making real his own dreams Uh, that is the path he's on right now but also for those around him through his workshop which i attended yesterday on the island and spent a morning making a vision board or goal mapping as he calls it Um, and it is no doubt doing exactly that as those boards are hopefully on the walls of those who made them yesterday and i love the power that those things hold when you really see them every single day um, if you've never made one do go and do a little bit of research and give it a try but the man himself is back on the island in July and a free spot on uh, his seminar is available on our website, theresetrebel.com. Uh, do come and follow us on Instagram at theresetRebel and tell us the name of the club Privilege before it was called Privilege. And you can jump into his July seminar for free or check out all the other retreats we have available on our website for free on the White Isle this summer. Just email us on just the good news please to join us, and we'll see you back here next week. Don't go away.